0: Are we good? All right, see how fast you can get to the house. And right beside my recliner is a Bible box that has the ray of God in it. Grab that and bring it to me. Amen? All right. Let's Amen. preach for a couple minutes. And I'm probably going to be scattered and all over the place. I'm trying to get back to using PowerPoint sometimes. And I just want to use this. We will have it on the, the, the live stream here soon once we teach Brock how to do that. And I get Word installed on that laptop. Um, but... Uh, Grab your Bible. Run to Psalms one thirty nine for just a couple minutes tonight. And this is a repeat for some of us. Uh, we've done this before, but it's been I don't know two or three years. Amen. I don't know, um, Blake. You done this prayer for cleansing, so it's been three years. Amen. I bet we did this right before Hannah got saved. Amen. That's what I'm betting. Praise the Lord. We gotta be clean. Amen. We talked about God opening the womb of the church, amen, and amen. us being able to see converts. Yes, sir. And one of the primary things we got to do is get cleaned up. Amen. And uh, there's a whole lot of false professions that go on out there and different things. But when you got a dirty church, I don't, I don't believe you're going to see many real conversions. And uh, Psalms 139 and 23 says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and leading me in the way everlasting. Yeah. That's David praying. Yeah. And uh, he's asking God to search him and know his heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See, see if there be. God, look in me and see if there be anything wicked in me. Yeah. And lead me in the way of eternal life. Re- lead me in the, in the right way. That's what we want if we want real revival. We want God to illuminate the sin in us. And let's go ahead and be serious. Listen, we're so good at dumbing down sin and and taking things and making them okay and all that stuff that we almost become numb to the prodding of the Holy Ghost. And we we need to pray this prayer, God. Do it again in me and show me that's wrong. I know you showed me a bunch of times probably when I started doing it, uh, but God illuminates some things to me, amen. A lot of that's your personal sins, a lot of that's those Christian sins, that anger, that bitterness, that unforgiveness, all that stuff that you need God to illuminate a little bit brighter in your life, amen. I want to preach on this prayer of cleansing because we're coming into revival very soon. And we've done it many times at church, but we took a break as we did fasting as well because things become commonplace and natural, and sometimes you do need to do that. Uh, But I believe it's time again, amen. And I'd like to take this week. If we start tonight, we will do this. It's six days. We'll do it until Tuesday of the meeting, amen. And I believe if some of you is doing what we talked about Sunday night, and and some of it, and we start doing this. Say, man, I believe God will at least have some fertile ground. Am I right? Amen. Uh, that, that over there in the prophetic, he said uh, plowing up that 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 hardened ground. Amen. And uh, at least God will have some clay He can work with if we do some things. And uh, we've got to have a burden for souls. I talked about that the other day. And after I preached on that the other day, listen, it's on me, Jeff. It's bothering me. And everybody I'm talking to, I'm trying to talk to them. I'm seeing that soul that may be going to hell, and I'm trying to talk to them. And that's what's going to take is every one of us having that burden for soul. But we need revival through the Word of God. That's why we have two preachers a night in this meeting, amen. And we've got to be clean in order to receive it. We can pray all we want. And I ain't going to say, God, don't hear you, amen. But uh, in the Old Testament, David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart. He won't hear me, amen. And there's some things that will affect your prayer life, and we want to make sure that we're clean, and that's really what this is all about, is looking at those things that maybe you haven't thought about, maybe you haven't seen, amen. And I'm, I'm honestly using a book. I don't want anybody to steal I'm from him. If Brother Lou Rossi happened to watch the live stream, Countdown to Revival by evangelist at the time. I don't know what he is now, Brother Lou Rossi, Jr. And he wrote this Re- Countdown to Revival book. It's very, been very helpful in my ministry. I've been using it for eight or nine years, And the prayer clock that we just passed around that you signed up for, that was sparked by reading this book, amen, and so are these questions that I have here tonight. And in that book, on page 78, A.W. Tozer says, have you noticed how much praying for revival has been going on as of late and how little revival has resulted? I believe the problem is that we've been trying to substitute praying for obeying and it simply will not work. To pray for revival while ignoring the plain precept laid down in Scripture is to waste a lot of words and get nothing for our trouble. Prayer will become effective when we stop using it as a substitute for obedience. Amen. So I've been studying prayer, and I've been studying revival for some time. I believe I am what you would call a revivalistic pastor. Amen. When I preach out in evangelism and go around I'm very much revivalistic-centered. I understand you are to uh, encourage the pastor of the place. That would be a secondary thought, in my opinion. But revival in the local church, if you're an evangelist, um, I'm a revivalistic evangelist, if you you don't understand what I'm saying. But I believe prayer, the prayers we're praying can be way more powerful than they are. And uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to read through this, and we're going to try to do everything we can to have prayerful prayer. And I want you to notice, first of all, uh, what he says on the first or second page of your handout, or you can watch the slides, take your handout on. He says, as we pray, if sin is against God, you got something inside you, between you and God, morality issue, some apathy issue, some issue, uh, lack of soul and all that, confess it to God and make things right with him. If the sin is against another person, Confess to God and make it right with that person, amen, if you got a problem with somebody else. And if the sin is against the group, confess to the group. You've done this whole church wrong because you're running around backslandering people, and God's taught you ought to stand up, amen. You tell me when you're going to do it so we can talk about all that. But you ought to stand up and apologize to the brothers and sisters, amen. That's what it's saying. Uh, confess to that group and make things right in that group, amen. And listen, I'm begging you, if you got a problem with somebody, Please, please make it right. Please don't carry that into revival. If you've got a problem with somebody, you have got to do something. Amen. Let me read you an excerpt from Percy Ray's book. He said this, down at Camp Zion, a new fine preacher, a college graduate from seminary, came to the altar and said, I want you to pray for me. He said he used to have an evangelistic church for eight years. I haven't had revival. I'm dying. The church is dying. Something is wrong. We got down and prayed. God told me uh, he had something in his heart, something against somebody. I said, brother, you got something in your heart against somebody. He thought, and then he said, as far as I know, there's nothing in my heart against anybody. He prayed again right there at the altar of the camp. I prayed. Everyone uh, was gone except me and him. We were there by ourselves. God said, he's got it in there. Tell him. So Percy said, brother, God said you've got something in your heart and the devil's got it covered up. Back yonder somewhere, did some deacon do something to hurt you? Sweat popped out of him and he said, I didn't think there was, but the deacons done me wrong eight years ago, and it hurt me so bad. I thought it was over, but I but I am not, preacher. I said, Well, sit there and forgive them, and God'll do something. And I got to praying, and he got to praying, and he forgave them, and he got back home and he called me and said, It's all right. I'm baptizing eight tonight. God sent a revival to our church without sending an evangelist. It broke out all over the church. And he got there because he prayed, and he didn't know anything was wrong until God illuminated that sin, realized he had some ought towards somebody in the past that done him wrong with that church eight years ago, went home, got right with them, and revival popped off at their church. Amen? I want to see real revival. Please don't quench, and, and please don't grieve the Spirit of God. And stop revival from happening in our church. Search me, O God, and know my heart and try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Day one of the checklist that you've got in your hand, uh, day one is checking your priorities to see if there be any sin in your priorities. By the verse says that we've got, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, Shall be added unto you. That right there is a pretty good list of priorities for the Christian, is it not? Seek first the kingdom of God That's the spiritual kingdom Seek Jesus Christ Amen And God will add everything else That you need to your life And listen I don't want to be guilty in my life Of putting anything else in front of Christ Because the fact of the matter is Christ died on the cross for me And for me to turn and say That money is more important And Christ is secondary Or three times a week To say a career is more important than. Christ Christ is secondary or three times a week or whatever it may be it's a tremendous slap in the face to Christ himself tonight he gave everything, God gave everything to me by sending his precious darling son to die on the cross of Calvary and i would be ashamed if I give my life to something else other than him, amen I know we've got to work for a living but bless God the church can be serving him more than they are, amen the church can have a passion for serving the Lord And if we want to see our children and our families Saved and serving God It's going to have to start first With us my friend Amen. And backslidden Christians Have got to get fired up about serving God Amen. Listen, I, 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 I've done this long enough Now to see parents That literally have told me to my face We did things wrong We focused on the sports, and we focused on the school, and we focused on everything else. And now our kids won't even turn the door of a church. I don't want that to happen to any of our children that's in here now. I can't tell you how long in my life my career and job was in front of God until God called me to preach, honestly. But you got to decide. God's not going to call everybody to preach, and you got to decide you're going to put God first. I mean, I didn't even study my Bible. You hear me? I studied. I read "Rich Dad Poor Dad" by Robert Kiyosaki. I read "How to Influence How to Get Friends and Influence People." Uh, I read part of the "Art of the Deal" by Donald Trump. Do you understand me? I I, I studied for hours to pass my health and life insurance license, my six to sixty-three. Which, by the way, they say those are some of the hardest tests there are to take and to pass. Amen. Every other manager at SunTrust Bank failed at the first shot, except me. Hallelujah, right there. But I studied. You remember, I'd sit in that recliner and study that thing for hours upon hours upon hours and I was just as saved then as I was now, but this old Bible was just sitting over on the shelf. I didn't know nothing about dispensationalism, I didn't know anything about theology. I didn't know how to rightly divide the word of God. I didn't know anything I didn't have any scriptures that I could pull up when I was talking to somebody about Christ. I didn't know anything about this stuff and it's all because I put other things in front of Christ in my life. Now listen, I know you ain't going to be called to preach possibly like I was. but the fact of the matter is you got to decide what's more important. Amen. God deserves our time and our talents and our tithe. He deserves all that stuff. Amen. If we just give God a little more of who we are and be a good steward of everything God's given us. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So this will be tonight as you look at it. And here's the question. And I may Snort around and root a little bit between them I don't know but Is there any area where you failed To put God first I mean just ask yourself that tonight Where in my life have I failed To let God be first In my life Number two or B Have your decisions been made After your own wisdom And desires rather than by seeking And following God Y'all remember that message I preached on the Spirit and what Spirit's coming forth out of you? Job chapter number 25, where Bildad was talking to Job. Job said, what Spirit's coming out of you, man? And I talked about a hel- hel- holistic Spirit, and I talked about the Holy Spirit, but I talked about a human spirit. If you don't seek God in prayer for everything you do, you know what you're going to make your decisions in? Your human spirit. You're going to make it in your flesh, and you're gonna make, if you don't pray, if you don't pray for the things you do, you will make that decision in the flesh. And you will make it with the human spirit, and you'll make some mistakes in life. There may be some common sense and some good things, but you'll make mistakes because you won't get where God wants you to be because you've got to pray and ask God and help. let the Holy Ghost guide you and and let Him make your decisions for you. Thirdly, do do any of the following in any way interfere with your surrender and service to God? Your ambition. That's in a lot of teenagers growing up. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to be this. No, y'all don't want to be a good Christian. Let God add to you what he wants you to be. Does your pleasure, amen, your boating, your hunting, your uh, sports, all that stuff. Your loved ones, how many men have we lost because they started dating somebody? Say amen right there. Friendships, desires for recognition, money. How many people do we lose because of money? Because they got overtime or they can make more money or they can take a better job and it takes them out of church. Your own plans, just what you want to do. Are your priorities getting in the way of God tonight, amen? Here's here's the second section in in the priorities. But this I say, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, He which soweth sparely shall reap also sparely. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. You know, most of the time when people have to ask for money and people need help, I'm just going to tell you the honest God truth. It usually means they ain't giving to God. What's it say right there? He which soweth sparingly. When you give to God sparingly, you're going to reap also sparingly. God's going to take care of you. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Amen. I'm so thankful for the giving heart that this church has developed over the past so many years. Amen. Amen. Everything you see is from a given heart, Amen. Everything we are, everything we have, is from a given heart, Amen. Have you robbed God with, by withholding his tithe? Oh, but preacher, tithe isn't New Testament. Well, it, it, it was it was instated before the law, Amen. They gave a tenth before the law was instated. Why not after the law? Amen was done away with, Amen. Giving your first fruits, you know what that means for me. You ought to give more than a tithe. You ought to get more in time. You all remember when Pastor Daniel said, how long you been saved still giving 10%? Right? How much do you love money? What's it all about? Do you believe that verse? You know it's a Pauline epistle, right? You know it's to you, right? You give bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. Have you robbed God? Not just just taken away from God, but have you robbed him? Have you robbed God by withholding his due of your time and talents? Amen. I, ain't going, I can't get on every one of these. We'll be here all night. Have you failed to support missions work through either prayer or offerings? We haven't done faith promise in years since COVID. We probably need to do it. But you're to be tithing and you're supposed to be giving. Amen. We do faith promise to help us give more towards missionaries above and beyond our tithe, amen. Now, I know our mission lately have been uh, more local and more uh, close to home, but, but we're going we're gonna to get faith promise back in place, amen. Uh, so, let's look. Do we still got more on day one? Hebrews 10 and 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and as much, so much the more as you see the day approaching. So, do you see... Do you miss church to avoid gospel preaching? Amen. If you're doing that, you got way more problems than I can handle right now in one service. Amen. Do you allow your mind to wander during the preaching? Now, I'd say a lot of us do that. Amen. It's hard for me. I sit on the front row, so I don't have to look at y'all as your mind wanders, because then my mind will wander, wondering where your mind is wandering, and then we're all just wandering around in circles. Amen. So I'm going to sit on the front row, all right? Do you neglect to attend or participate in prayer meetings? I mean, are you going to be here Saturday night? Or are you going to say, that's just for them Myrtle men. That's just for them guys that will pray in the dark and all that. Uh, You see what I'm saying? Now, we got most of the crowd that comes back forever, sir. But do you miss the prayer meetings? How many of you men are here Tuesday night? We've been doing that for about seven years now. I count that prayer and that night. I know I ain't been there as of late. We've been preaching out a lot, uh, but thank you, men, for stepping in the gap and filling that up for us. Amen. Uh, but I mean, do you go? Do you go there Tuesday nights? That's the fueling house. That's the firehouse right there. I believe that's re- that's that's a, because all this around here it's happening. I believe that started in that prayer room. Amen. Amen. Do you neglect uh, or slighted days? Have you neglected or slighted daily? Private prayer or Bible reading—we all get there at some point—and you got to re- you got to snap yourself back, Amen. Do you find the Bible or prayer uninteresting? Have you neglected to give thanks for your meals, Amen? That's good right there. Have you neglected family devotion? It's real easy to put those family devotions on the back burner, amen. That's what you're praying about tonight. I hope tonight as you go home there's some more devotions and some Bible reading and all this stuff right here that we just talked about, amen. Here's what Brother Lou said. Spend time in prayer that you will begin to put Jesus Christ first in every area of life and that your church family will truly make Christ preeminent in all things. Be sure to close with thanksgiving that he is uh, heeded And we'll answer this prayer. That's what we're going to pray about tonight on the altar. Amen. We're going to pray that God will help us do this. But we'll start with day one tonight. All right? Day number two is your attitude. Ephesians 5 and 20 says this. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your attitude. Do you have a thankful attitude tonight? Now, listen. How many of us know our attitude Pretty much affects everything in our lives, amen? There's some psychological principles at play. The self-fulfilling prophecy, you get up and say it's going to be a bad day. You've got a bad attitude all day and you're going to have a bad day, amen? And a person with a bad attitude is a negative person, am I right? And, and there's people that people love, and they're good people, but you can just listen to their statements, and there's a negativity about them, amen, that, that, that signifies there's an attitude problem. And I'm going to tell you, it's communicable. Gonna, you can catch it from somebody, and you can give it to somebody else. If you've got a negative parent, half the time, all them children, that entire family ends up being negative, amen. And you know, you know that person that nobody really wants to be around, because their glass is always half empty. Amen. And you definitely don't want to say how you've been today. That's the worst statement, the worst question you'll ever ask a negative person. How was your day today? Just don't say it. Amen. We've got to have positive people. We've got to have good attitude people. If you don't think we can have revival, guess what? We can't. If you don't think anything's going to happen around here, you ain't believing God and nothing will happen around here. You doubt God and make him a liar because you understand that's what you do. We'll get to the question in a minute. When you doubt God, you are calling God a liar. Amen. I believe God will do what he says he'll do. Amen. Your critical attitude is what will kill revival and kill it quick. It'll kill everything in your life, really. And 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 if that's you, come to yourself. Knock yourself in the head. Get some self-awareness and realize that you're the negative Nancy in the room. And fix it. Fix it. Do you thank God for all things? Or do you do like I preached the other night and get in your car and murmur over the best things God's ever given you? You ever get in the car and just murmur over the spouse and murmur over the kids? Get upset. that doesn't make you mad. And you, 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 you just murmur over them. Well, we're not supposed to do that. Do you thank God for all things? Do you thank Him for the good as well as what you perceive to be bad? Do you call God a liar by doubting his word? Do you worry? Is there spiritual temperance based on your feelings instead of God's word? That's pretty good right there. Now, you do understand that I didn't say this earlier. There's check boxes in here. You're going to get a pen, and you can burn these when you're done, but you're going to say yes or no whether you struggle with any of these. And if every one of you click no, 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 we know something's off. We know something's off. Maybe you do need to let that spouse check your boxes, oh man. Give you a little grade on that. Yeah. (laughs) Ephesians 4 and 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Do you complain? (laughs) Do you? Do you find fault or have a critical attitude toward any person or anything in your life? Oh yeah. Some of us are real critical. Are you irritable or cranky? (laughs) Do you get angry? Amen. Or do you got full control of all that anger? How many pots have flown at your house this week? How many lumps of cheese has been thrown in your house? How how many? (laughs) Huh? Carla threw cheese at me one time. Y'all know I love cheese. She took what I love the most, threw it straight at me, and busted a window. I'm, I'm, tell, I'm just joking. I'm just if she threw my cheese out, we, we'd we'd have big problems. We need counseling. <laughs> Are you impatient with others? Are you ever harsh or unkind? See right here, I'll be checking a little bit. Amen. Come on now, come on. Are you harsh? I know I'm harsh. I know I'm harsh, and I need God to revive that in me and fix that. I need to be a little bit more loving, amen. Philippians 4 and 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Have you neglected to seek To be pleasing to Him in all things. Do you carry bitterness towards God? You know, a lot of times when folk are bitter, it's bitter because God allowed something to happen in their life. They don't understand why. And and they ain't never heard no bitterness preaching, no forgiveness. And and what they do is they get bitter and angry at God, and it ruins their entire life because they're mad at the one. They're upset with the one that can fix everything. Have you ever complained against God in any way? Have you been dissatisfied with God's provision for you? Oh, my. Are you satisfied? Or are you content with where you're at? you content with what God gave you, your family? Have you been dissatisfied with God's provision? Are you unwilling to obey God fully? Are there some things that you would not be willing to do if God asked you tonight? Is that why you won't fast? Is that why you won't pray? I've known plenty of people that will not fast and do things like that because they're afraid of what God's going to have them give up. Somebody's that's living in a little bit of sin, and they love it, and they don't want to let it go, and they know that if they get too close to God, amen, he's going to say, oh, put that down, change that, do that differently, pick that up, start living like that, and God's going to change your life, possibly completely upside down, depending on how you're living, and that might be why you won't do what God wants you to do. And you might be stopping revival. I know you are for you and your family, but what if you're stopping it for all of us tonight? Have you disobeyed some direct leading from God? Well, if you're living in sin, usually you have. Amen? Because the Holy Ghost will probe you, show you, convict you that it's wrong. And you either got to say yes or no. Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 3 and 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Are you self-conscious rather than Christ-conscious? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of people that's self-conscious, worried about what they look, worried about everything else about themselves. Our society has taught us to be that 100%. We ought to care more about what God cares. Amen? Because half the time, if you're self-conscious and you're driven by this society, you're you're self-conscious because you don't look like this society. This this society does not look like God would want men and women to look. I'm just going to say that. Amen? You better decide to be God-conscious and not self-conscious. Amen? Do you allow feelings to interfere Uh, or, or feelings of inferiority to keep you from attempting things you should be doing to serve God. Amen. He said this, spend time in prayer before God and ask Him to help you truly begin to develop the mind of Christ. Ask Him to help you learn to maintain His attitude in all things. Pray for your family and those around you that they might gain And experience the same. Amen. Number three tonight is your relationships. Here's what the Bible says in John 13 and 35. But this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. Amen. Anybody that has an attitude problem probably has issues with relationships. But he's telling us to assess our relationships here. One of the most important things you do in your life is to have good relationships with the right people. Amen. Amen. I've preached on it over and over. we got to love each other in the church house. I mean, that's just a fact. I believe God's written Ichabod over many a doors of church houses and and because of the attitudes and relationships within that church. And churches want to argue and have problems over anything and everything. And we've got to have a clean, clear spirit, amen, with everyone in our church, amen, anyone everywhere, but especially in our church. And thank God, listen, you better not have a problem with anybody. I mean, you You better have good relationships everywhere. You cannot be uh, that brawling man that that has problems and fights with everybody, or that brawling woman. The worst thing you can do is have a problem and talk about other people. Amen. This world is a place that does that. When you look at lost people, they have no reason for forgiveness. They have no reason not to have that barrier. Now I'm sure there's some psychological principle. But most people just don't see a problem with hating that family member that did them wrong. They don't see a problem with hating that person down the road uh, that that cut them off or did whatever. Uh, But the fact of the matter is the church is not the world. And God told us we must love people, amen, and we must forgive people. You cannot have issues. Tonight, with anyone. James 4 and 11, speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judge the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. So let's look at these questions. Are you secretly pleased over the misfortunes of another? If you're doing that, you're bitter. Amen. Are you secretly annoyed over the accomplishments or advancements of another? Jealous of somebody. Are you guilty Of contention or strife? Has you sowed seeds? Have you said things? Have you caused fighting? Has you caused strife? Is there strife in your home? Do you quarrel and argue and engage in heated discussions? I try not to, but it happens sometimes. I'm a little confrontational. My whole family knows that. They think I enjoy it because I do. But I try not to. Are you a partaker in any divisions? Amen. Are there people whom you deliberately slight? I mean, you turn your back to them. You don't, you don't want to talk to them. You don't like them. You slight them in some form or fashion. Amen? Uh, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Are you holding a grudge against anybody tonight? Is there anyone in your life you haven't forgiven? Are there any misunderstandings you're unwilling to forget? And do you harbor hatred, bitterness, resentment, or jealousy against anyone? I know all kind of people got all these. Do, do all things without murmurings and disputations, Philippians 2 and 14. Do you ever seek to hurt somebody by word or deed? Do you gossip, talk about anybody unkindly when they're not present? Do you carry prejudice against Christian folk because they're of some different group than yours? Uh-oh. Or because they do not see everything exactly as you do? No, I just think they're wrong. But I don't got a problem with them. Here's another one. Have you dishonored God and hindered his work by criticizing his servants? Do you pray regularly for your pastor and other spiritual leaders? I think we're small enough church. Every one of us ought to be praying for every one of us every day. Amen? That's true. I'm going to talk about that probably when I preach Sunday after this meeting. And uh, do you have rebellion toward one who wants to restore you? Are you more concerned about what people will think of you or about what God will or about pleasing God. My, my typing is horrendous. Pray for thanksgiving for God's forgiveness and reconciliation to reside upon your life. In prayer, ask God to show you anyone you need to forgive and intentionally tear up any list of offenses you have held in your heart. Spend time interceding for anyone you know who has unresolved conflict in their relationships with others. Look, day, day three could be a breaker right there. You start begging God to show you anybody in your life you got a problem with. I, I mean, I, I almost double-dog dare you. Go home and do this. At day three, what's that going to be? Thursday, Friday. That'll be Saturday right before Sunday. Amen? And I want you to beg God if there be anybody in your life that you've got a problem with. And if God illuminates it, you've got to take care of it. You've got to forgive them. And you've got to, remember it said earlier, confess to them. Amen? Number four, we're, we're moving forward. Uh, we'll be done in a couple. Second Timothy 2, verse 22. Day 4 is your morality. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Uh, let's see what we got. This is that flagrant cal- category. Are you living in moral impurity? What is it? God's not going to bless you if you are. Get every bit of it out of your life. If it's on your Facebook because you done looked at the wrong things, get it out of your life. If it's on on your YouTube recommended next video, get it out of your life. Wherever it is. Wherever it is. If it's just in your mind and you fantasize, get it out of your life. Ask God to get it out. Ask God to help you. You've got to, amen. Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God. Ye are not your own. You're putting that mess in there with God. Do you have impure personal habits, he said? Do you allow impure thoughts into your mind? What are you supposed to do as soon as I come in? Get thee behind me, Satan. Get out of my mind. Start praying. If you're able, pick up a Bible and start reading. Amen. Do you allow those thoughts in your mind? Do you read or view that which is impure suggest unholy things? Do you indulge in unclean entertainment? You be the judge. They'll call me a legalist. We're online now. I don't watch no PG-13 movies. Hey, man, they dropped too many of them bombs. Am I right? Too much nudity. Am I right? They'll, all right, call me a legalist. I don't care. You pick what you're going to watch. I, don't, I, I can't even watch some PG's. I can't do it. It bothers me. Y'all know I love fighting. I love fighting, but you know what we do? We turn our head during, between every round, and we mute it and turn it down so we can't hear any talking. Amen? Amen. Don't hear a cuss word the whole time. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can y'all do that on football? Y'all watch them commercials. Hey, man, I ain't going to get on, (laughs) y'all. The indulge in unclean entertainment. Are you guilty of a lustful appearance? Uh Uh-oh. Are you guilty of a lustful appearance? You trying to turn somebody on? Or an eye? Hey, man, I promise y'all. I've been trying to lose some weight, get bigger. But I promise you, Delbert, if I got 20-inch guns, ain't nobody seeing my biceps. Amen. What are you trying to entice people for? <laughs> Praise the Lord. They're already going to call me a legalist. I might as well say it. I don't even wear cologne. You know why? Huh? What are you laughing at, Lauren? What are you laughing at? Huh? She ain't never heard this? Oh, you already heard this? If you study why they make cologne, what do they, what do they do with it? They concoct a recipe that inflames the pheromones of the opposite sex. So, preacher, what in the world are you wearing all that cologne for? What are you trying to do with that cologne? Oh, I just want to smell good. Then put some musk after shave on. You don't need no passion or no obsession. That was a big one when I was growing up, right? That stuff smelled like garbage. When you smell it now, I'm like, God, oh, why do we wear that? Obsession. Chanel number five. <laughs> Move on. I'm going to move on. Are you... (laughs) Praise the Lord. Y'all got me all messed up. Let's keep going. Do you fail to care for your body as the temple of the Holy Spirit? Amen. I'd say it's talking about gluttony. I'd be talking about hurting your body with nicotine, all them type of things. Uh, Do you fail to care for your body? Are you guilty of intemperance in eating or drinking? Not having a temperament. Amen. Not having control. Do you have habits which are defiling to the body? Amen. Are your viewing, reading, or listening habits unedifying? Do you partake in worldly amusements? Do you seek satisfaction from questionable sources? Amen. For that last one, do you partake in worldly amusements? My, my mama used to say, a, a dancing foot and a praying knee don't go on the same leg. Hey Amen. My mama ain't never said that. But it sounded good. Day number five. This, we got to get serious. Y'all let me digress here we got to get serious. Day five, the state of your pride. Look at this verse right here. Oh, did I miss some? We'll We'll do them later. All right. So day five. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Amen. Your pride is probably a big problem in your life. God cannot stand pride. And I preached an entire message on it. And I don't care what kind of pride it is. Most all of us got, got something in our life in the way of pride. I mean, it, 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 what about your spiritual pride? I've read my whole Bible. Well, sometimes that's pride. I pray every day. Well, sometimes that's pride. I'm fasting. I'm, I'm going to make this whole fast we're doing. Sometimes that's pride. Some people's pride for over their humility. Oh, I, I'm humble. You don't worry about me. I'm humble, preacher. No, you're prideful over humility. So many folks are eat up with all kind of different pride. Let's just go ahead with the question. Do you feel that you're doing quite well as a Christian? Are you proud of where you're at as a Christian? Do you feel that you're not so bad or that you're good enough? Do you insist on your own way or your rights, amen, in the home? Do you take credit for any good thing about you rather than giving God all the glory? Do you tell what you've done rather than what he has done? Are your feelings easily hurt? There's a good one right there. Uh, are you sensitive? Do you hesitate to submit to pastoral authority or other authorities? Uh, thank you, Brother Tony, for putting that, or Lou, for putting that in there. God has placed over your life. Do you hesitate, amen, when the pastor says, hey, you need to do this? You stop and think about it. No, 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 let me decide if I'm going to do that. You listen to your pastor, I'm preaching the book. Amen, 99% of the time. Do you honor your parents? Do you rebel at at requests given to you to help in the works of the gospel? I'm requesting you to be here Saturday to pray. Don't leave us here by ourselves, amen. I'm requesting you when we get going to knocking on doors. I'd love to see everybody in our church trying. If you're health-wise able, I'd love to see you spreading the gospel, amen. Do you have a stubborn or unteachable spirit? Let's go to day six, amen. Last one, the state of your service and soul winning. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, If we expect God to do something for us, don't y'all think we ought to do for him what he wants us to do? If we want His blessings and we want Him to send revival and we want Him to save our lost ones, we need to decide we're going to have a burden for souls, amen? And I know it's something that you kind of just don't decide to have a burden you decide to do something and try your best at it and God puts that burden in you. The more you think about it, the more you dwell on it, the more you study about it, God will put that burden in you. And everything about us should be about Christ. And what all was Christ about when he was here? He said, I came to seek and save that which is lost tonight. And everything in us ought about being seeing soul saved. We shouldn't be able to go through a conversation with someone out there without God probing us to talk to them about their eternal soul. Amen. We've got to get to a place where we care enough about them and we're Christ-centered and not self-centered, and we'll talk to them about Christ. We've got to have that real burden for him. Amen. Now I ask you these, and then we're going to pray. You can come on, Lauren. Have you neglected to seek the lost and witness constantly for Christ? I have, and I do all the time. You've got to be honest with yourself, amen. If we want God to do something in this thing, we've got to be serious. We've got to be honest with ourselves. I stink at it, amen. And the past three days have been different, amen, because I preached on it. But I know I'll grow cold in so much amount of time, and we've got to stir that up. God's got to search that out in us. And realize you don't talk to nobody about Christ. That's what I realized. Here I am, the preacher, the one that wants to see the growth. And I don't tell nobody about Jesus. Who have you told today? Who have you told this week? Now stop and think. How many people have you truly talked to? That variety, Did that frontier guy knock on your front door too? Huh? I signed up for it because that's one gig of speed. Hallelujah right there. But did you tell him about Jesus? Because he'll probably be dying and going to hell. Amen. Did you tell the person that you talked to at the restaurant? We've got to get a burden for this stuff. Why do we not care about other people's souls? Does your life portray a consistent witness for the Lord Jesus? I mean, the way you live, are you even able to witness for him? Or are you the cardinal? one? Are you the one that slips the cuss word out? Are you the one that does the things you shouldn't? Are you even able to witness? Do you fail to work hard for God? Or do you waste your time? You can read the rest of those at home. We'll talk about them later. I'm stuck on this. We've got to get a real burden for souls, church. We've got to have a love for people. I want you and and sometimes a piece of paper, a piece of paper will remind you better. You get mad at me up here yelling, and I ask you if you're doing it, and you'll make every excuse in the book. But when you got a box that's set there and says yes or no, and it's nobody but you and God, and it says, Do you have a desire for souls? Have you done this? And you know you're gonna have to take that red pen. Use a red pen. It makes it more powerful. And you take that red pen and you say, No, I don't tell nobody about Jesus. Yes, I have immorality in my life that I better get out. Yes, I have people I'm mad at and bitter at. Yes, I have uh, apathy problems. I'm lazy. Yes, I have a... We've got to change, church. The reason God won't do anything, it seems like, it's not because He ain't the God of old It's because of us and where we're at We've got to seek God tonight We've got got to find God Listen We've got to find the will of God in our lives And do what God wants us to do So that first one Day one That's where we're at right now Priorities Spend time in prayer That you will begin to put Christ first In every area of life And that your church family, that's all of us, you think you got it all right and your priorities are perfect, pray for me, will you? Pray for everybody else. Pray for your church family that they will truly make Christ preeminent in all things. Be sure to close with thanksgiving that he is heeded and will answer your prayer. This is our prayer tonight, church. I want you all to start this tonight. Please do your best. Don't go put it in your Bible and not do it. Please get up when you do your Bible reading tomorrow. Pull that paper out. Do that checklist and pray over those things. And let's see God change it. I know this is a little structured. I understand that. I don't care. Y'all know we preach with passion and uh, fervor and we preach for revival. Sometimes you just got to sit down and, and analyze yourself. Sometimes you just got to sit down and look at where you really are. You can hear my shout, and you can weep and cry. You can be in services like Sunday morning, amen, and get all blessed up, amen, get your socks blessed off, uh, weeping and crying and doing all that, but you'll walk out of here just the same. That ain't revival. Revival's me and you changing. Revival's something happening on the inside because we realize we ain't where we need to be. I want y'all to do this to the best of your ability. Let's get our priorities straight. Let's, let's ask the Lord tonight to put Jesus Christ first in every area of our lives. Let's gather around and pray somewhere as the Lord sings. We're seeking God for revival this week, all right? Let's pray. My sleep is gone. My heart is full of sorrow. I can't believe how much I've let you down. And I dread the pain that waits for me tomorrow.